0: ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info
1: UM. I'm Daryl Oliver and I'm hanging out with my man Sam Sword. What's happening, Sam? Hey, Sam. Hey, man, this Aaron Hernandez mess is getting deeper and deeper. As more smelly as it gets
2: deeper. Uh, yes, it is. You know, uh, again, we want to send our thoughts and prayers out to um, Odin Lloyd's family. He was laid to rest uh, Saturday in Boston. Uh, over 500 friends and family showed up to his uh, his funeral. And, uh, you know, we, we have to really be respectful Uh In in this situation, uh, there is a victim and there's a a guy that's accused of orchestrating everything that happened. And uh, Mr. Hernandez, uh, you know, uh, I want to try to give him the benefit of the doubt. But the more and more we learn about the case, it just seems like everything is pointing towards Mr. Hernandez uh, being the orchestrator of this uh, brutal murder.
1: Yeah, it it really does, man. And, um, you know... I have always admired Aaron Hernandez because, you know, I've seen so much of him at the University of Florida. We're right here in Florida. Uh, I almost went to University of Florida. A lot of got a lot of friends that graduated from the University of Florida, including my wife. So um, I'm not a Gator fan, but I am a Gator watcher and he's been one of my favorite players to watch throughout his career at the University of Florida and as a New England Patriot. And um You know, I I just didn't didn't see this coming. Not that I, you know, not that you ever see anything like this coming. And I never knew him personally on any kind of level. But it's just kind of hard to imagine that this is a man that could be involved in three murders. Wow, this sounds like serial killer kind of craziness, man. Uh,
2: This 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 sounds. You know, the University of Florida—they're known for serial killers. But uh, I'm not calling Mr. Hernandez a serial killer uh, by any means. But uh, you're talking about a guy. That uh, had everything the world at the palm of his hands. You're talking about a young man uh, when he entered the draft he was 20 years old. He was on the NFL roster the youngest player in the NFL at the age of 20. Uh, He had three very productive years in the NFL he was rewarded with the a five-year, $40 million contract by the New England Patriots. You're talking about about a guy in uh, Lloyd who had dreams of becoming an NFL player and playing in the NFL, uh, a a guy that was working at a landscaping company playing semi-pro football. He met Mr. Hernandez. They were dating sisters. So on one end, you have the guy that has everything, and on the other end, you have the young player in uh, lloyd that uh that had those nfl dreams so he kind of got to live his dream through hernandez uh and and they say that they had a pretty uh from everything you read they had a pretty good friendship uh, lloyd uh he didn't brag and boast about being hernandez's friend but uh could his infatuation and him living that nfl life you know that that possibly cost him his life by befriending uh Hernandez, again, we don't know if Hernandez pulled the trigger, but again, all of the evidence is pointing towards uh, Hernandez being deeply involved in everything that took place.
1: Yes, a lot of the evidence does to Hernandez. And, and then, you know, you hear stories of uh, Lloyd befriending some of the people that Hernandez did not get along with, you know, this may have caused him his life. You know, you also hear rumors of... Uh, of um, um, Hernandez being involved in a gang or having gang tattoos. You even hear stories of him threatening uh, one of his teammates, Wes Walker, you know, that he would kill him uh, on the practice field. You know, I've been around a lot of practices, Sam, but I don't think I've ever seen anybody get so mad that they say they'll kill someone on the practice field.
2: You know, there are disagreements. Uh, amongst teammates but you're a family you're brothers and uh, you know you make up uh, it, sometime in the heat of the moment your emotions get the best of you uh, but uh, I have never witnessed uh, a teammate saying that he would kill another teammate and uh, you you mentioned the gangs you know uh, it, th- there's pictures of Mr. Hernandez in all red uh, throwing up uh, gang signs there's a tattoo on his hand uh, that TMZ uh, zoomed in on that uh that has the street gang name on his hand I, I don't even want to give them the uh, the satisfaction of mentioning their name but uh it's reported reportedly that uh, mr Hernandez is gang affiliated you know could some of his friends have been uh affiliates affiliates of his gang uh, that's to be determined but uh the one thing you know is that he texts two of his friends and he told them to get to hey that they need to uh, return right away and uh you know and and that's when that timeline starts on father's day when they text lloyd and uh they meet up and uh you know all of these things happen and uh the one thing that we do know in the day and age that we live in now is that technology uh is pretty much uh nothing's private and uh i'm sure mr hernandez and his friends uh that they're seeing that now, that uh, you're not going to be able to outsmart the technology and the the GPSs and the satellites and and all of the cell phone towers. I mean, uh, we we watch CIA, but we don't give the real cops the credit that they deserve. And uh, I I would like to say that they did an outstanding job of piecing this thing together. Uh, And, you know, you are innocent until proven guilty. And uh, Mr. Hernandez, uh, his lawyers have a lot of work to do.
1: Yeah, Hernandez always well, do have a lot of work to do. And, you know, we see, we see this happen so many times with the athletes, man. They end up spending so much so much of their money trying to stay out of jail to when, you know, in this case, Hernandez may even, may, may even want to save some of his money for his family because the state seems to have a really tight, tight case against him right now. You know, uh, he's been denied bail. Um, he's, he's really in some hot water, sir.
2: Yes, he's, he's in a lot of um, hot water, and then you have two other suspects, uh, Carlos Ortiz and Ernest Wallace, uh, friends of Hernandez, that, that that have also been arrested. So now you have three guys that were uh, allegedly in the um, automobile with Mr. Lloyd uh, in three separate rooms. They're all facing serious crimes. You know, uh, normally in situations like this, somebody started to talk, and uh, there's uh, rumors that Mr. Lloyd's murder was because of uh the information that he had in the double homicide from a year ago and you know that there was a vehicle that was impounded uh that was taken from uh, one of Hernandez's uncle's house that can possibly possibly be linked to that unsolved uh double murder in Boston that happened a year ago so you know uh it it doesn't look good and uh you know it, it didn't look good for Ray Lewis. It didn't look good for O.J. And uh, you know those guys. They somehow, some way, they, they beat the case. So I, I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to say that Hernandez did it. Uh, one of his friends did it. But uh, I mean, a lot of the information is pointing that way. But uh, you never know what's going to happen when we get in the courtroom and guys get on the stands and. uh sometimes lawyers are, are prepared sometimes lawyers aren't prepared anything can happen uh in in a court of law and uh I, i'm sure mr hernandez is uh he wants to clear his name and uh the the one thing i will say is uh i respect mr hernandez as a football player i don't know him but uh if he's involved in any way in the death of another human being, he he needs to pay the price.
1: Yeah, he definitely does need to pay the price. And you know, Sam, uh, when we look at his at his past, man, this young man has had a troubled past. You know, he he has a situation in Miami where he's being sued for shooting a man, and uh, where a, a man lost his eye at the time. You know, this is another situation that he has to deal with, but that's nothing compared to what he's dealing with in in, uh, in Connecticut right now
2: um nothing at all um, compared you know and uh, you, you talk about that trouble past uh you're talking about a guy that was a first round talent that lasted to the fourth round because of uh the trouble the off field trouble as as a freshman getting into a bar a bar fight uh being uh, a suspect in a shooting at a bar in Florida uh, it, no charges were ever filed against him but uh being reportedly for failing multiple drug tests at the University of Florida, and you know these are things that scouts get wind of. And uh, a, a guy as talented as Mr. Hernandez don't last until the fourth round unless that unless there's major, major character issues. And uh, and that was the case with Mr. Hernandez. And uh, you know the the Patriots, uh, they. They took him in the fourth round. They felt they were getting a steal, which was a steal. They got a first round talent. And uh, if you look at his numbers, he's been very productive in the NFL. But now he's in the most important game of his life. And uh, that's going to be in the courtroom. And that's going to be honest with your lawyers. That's going to be uh, possibly telling authorities what he know about the murder, uh, who pulled the trigger, who ordered the hit. You know, uh, th- these things are going to be very important because, again, they're going to give the guy who talks first the best deal.
1: You know, but Sam, if, if he is a person that did these things, if he's a person that ordered the uh, overlord to be killed, if he's a person that pulled the trigger, are we going to find a situation where he he was a person that did these things, man? Are we going to find a situation where where he knew about this and didn't do enough? You know, I, we just... We just can't say it. we can't speculate on this man's life at the same time, man We have to wonder how in the world that, that a young man that had everything Allowed to get so deep, allowed to get so so complicated when you have everything You know, I, I understand he grew up in a in a tough part of town It's a lot of guys grow up with PhDs and we've talked about them on our show You know, you're poor, you're hungry, and you're desperate But that doesn't lead you to kill, that don't lead you to destroy other people's property and think you can get away with it. So I I I just really wonder how did it get so bad so fast?
2: Well, well, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times as an athlete, you you have the fame, you have the money, and there's a lot of guys that want to hang around you uh, for for various reasons. But uh, in, in Mr. Hernandez's case, uh. From from just studying and reading about him, uh, the thing that I'm finding the, the common denominators a lot of people saying uh, the unexpected death of his father at the age of 16. It, uh, a lot of people feel that Aaron was never the same after his father's death as a 16 year old, and uh, you know he kind of isolated himself from from friends and family. He started hanging with the quote unquote uh, wrong group of guys, and uh, and you know, maybe that's how you get in affiliated that's how you become affiliated with the game. Uh that's how you meet some of these bad people and uh you know, you put yourself in these tough situations. Uh but you are talking about a guy that that has received ten million dollars off of his new contract from the Patriots and uh you know, now the Patriots are have voided uh his contract. Uh and uh, they, they owe him three three point $3.25 million in deferred money. Uh, so it's going to be interesting if the Patriots are going to win that battle. Because the um, Hernandez agents are going to argue that that's money that has already been earned, that $3.25 million. Now, his, his guaranteed salary for this season, I can see them not paying that. But the 3.25, the NFL Players Association and his agents, they're going to have a, uh, an argument.
1: You know, I, I can understand um, that situation as well. I think the NFL do, do owe him. I think they owe him for the work he's already done. And when, you say, when, when, we, when we say um, a part of the guaranteed contract, we're basically talking about the bonus money. And the bonus is already received. So they he Aaron Hernandez did the Patriots a favor by deferring three point two five million of the bonus. He could have asked for it right all up front. And then what were the Patriots gonna do? They were gonna come and ask for it back. So I think they now they're almost wanting to renege on a favor that he did for them.
2: And uh so yes, I mean they're they're definitely gonna try not to pay that money to Mr. Hernandez and uh you know, hey, if I'm the pages, I would be thinking the same way. Uh, I wouldn't want to give uh, Mr. Hernandez uh, that $3.25 million, and I would really be going after some of that $10 million, if not <laughs> all of that $10 million that I gave Mr. Hernandez. So you uh, sound
1: like a company man. I'm telling you, you really sound like a company man. You'd be trying to come for that money, huh?
2: I, I I would because, you know, I'm not going to get any production. That was based off of future production. Uh, you know, yeah, no. on one hand, you did earn it. You put in three great years, but you got paid for those three great years. I gave you this contract and it's $16 million in guaranteed money based off the next five years of production. Uh from you, but at the same time, you know, as a player and uh, realizing if there's nothing in the contract, if I'm Mr. Hernandez, I'm gonna fight for every dime of my money because you know, hey, the NFL uh, organizations are gonna do everything to protect themselves. No yes, one, no one held the gun to the Patriots' head and said, hey, you're not gonna put in a moral clause. Normally, when you worry about a guy and with with character issues and off the field problems, you're gonna put in. Uh, Clauses in the contract to protect yourself. So, uh, hey, I'm not mad at Mr. Hernandez or his agents for saying that that's my money. You should pay me. And at the same time, I'm gonna, I'm not going to be mad at the Patriots if they try not to pay Mr. Hernandez.
1: Now, well, let me ask you a question, saying, You know, look like look like the Patriots just said, hey, when well, they locked the doors to Aaron Hernandez, hey, you can't come in the facility. We're done with you. I mean, they they cut him from the from the team. He's no longer a part of the Patriots. Uh, the uh, the Patriots, the store inside the stadium is is taking his jerseys back. And they'll, they'll let you exchange an Aaron Hernandez jersey for any team any team member members jersey. I I think this is like saying, hey, you no longer my brother, you no longer my son, you no longer part of the family. Get out of here. Wow, is it is it is it that bad? I didn't see the Buffalo Bills doing this to OJ. I did not see the Baltimore Ravens doing this to uh, Ray Lewis. I, I, you know, we've even seen people murder people and come back and have another shot at playing in this league. So it's just it's just kind of brutal how how the Patriots are doing him.
2: Well, you know, every organization is different, and uh, I really can uh, I really understand what the Patriots are doing. Uh, regardless, they're not saying that he uh, orchestrated the murder. They're not saying that he. He he did the shoot. What they're saying is is that they don't want any of their players even being associated, uh, being involved in a murder case. And uh, you know you're talking about murder. You're talking about taking someone's life. And uh, so I can totally understand what the Patriots are doing. They know, regardless of the decision that they made, that they're going to take a big cap hit. Some teams were going to keep, they're going to keep the player on the roster just so they don't have to take that hit. That, that cap hit, but the Patriots, they were willing um, to make that tough call. So I, I totally understand what they're doing. Uh, you know, in sports, you hear a lot of um, teams and uh, players preaching. We're a family and brotherhoods that that doesn't mean that they're not supporting uh, Aaron Hernandez behind closed doors. But at the same time, you know, you don't want any of your guys as an organization to me. You're sending the wrong message. If uh, you keep a guy like that on the roster and, uh, you know, and if you keep him on the roster, that means you, you, you're going to have to pay some of that money also.
1: Well, so now you're saying it's a money issue. They're cutting him because they don't want to pay him the money. They don't mind morally supporting him, but they're not going to financially
2: support him. I'm not. I'm not saying that they're, they're going to. <laughs> it's a money issue or what? From everything that I, from everything I've read and understand, is they didn't want anybody, regardless of who it is, on their team affiliated with. Uh, being involved in a murder, so...
1: And, and, you know, and, and if he worked for IBM or, or CBS, it'd be the same thing. So we can't just, just pigeonhole the, the Patriots because, like I said, if he worked for any major company... They do the
2: same thing. And, you know, hey, every organization is different. You know, hey, the Dallas Cowboys have a guy on their team that we're going to talk about a little later that uh, was involved in a, in the death of a teammate, and uh, he's failed multiple drug tests, and they continue to stand by him. So, uh, again, to each his own. Everyone is different. Uh, but, hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info. UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back to continue to talk about the Aaron Hernandez case and more NFL news.
3: time 3pm Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports.
0: Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back to Sports Info UN. Hey, Sam, you know, Aaron Hernandez, one of his teammates came out this week, one of his former teammates came out this week and said "Hey, he never really believed in, um, in, in Aaron Hernandez.
2: Oh, yeah, that was Matt Light. Uh, Matt Light, uh, no, well, hold on, a, f- a former Florida teammate or a former New England teammate?
1: Former New England Patriot teammate.
2: Okay, I know Matt Light came out and said he never yeah. believed in anything that the guy stand for, stood for. Uh, it, but then Deion Branch comes out and calls Hernandez a great guy and said that that's his guy. And uh, so, you know, uh, I, I guess he had a, a different effect on uh, Deion. he had on, uh, Matt Light, but, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting, uh, an an unnamed teammate from the University of Florida, uh, pretty much called him a hothead, but, uh, you know, this is a guy, to me, it seems like he was either loved by his teammates or, or not, or, or not liked by his teammates, and, you know, that, that happens on every team, uh, no, everybody don't get along, but, uh, you, you're respectful of one another, and, uh, You know you do what's best for the team at the end of the day
1: yeah and you're right Sam. you know some people are going to agree with um some people are always going to come out and say good things about you and we hope that most of our teammates are going to always say good things. but when you put yourself in a situation like this and people have to pick a side it's going to be those guys that maybe they didn't like you in the eighth grade or maybe they didn't like when you were a freshman somebody's going to have something harsh to say about you so you know, this is just a, that's that's one of the lighter things Aaron Hernandez really has to be concerned about right now. You know, he has to be more concerned about spending the rest of his life in prison, or possibly even sitting in a in a in a chair taking a lethal injection. Man, now those are the things that are going to be on his mind tonight, not whether or not he has some teammates that liked him. He
2: he hasn't really shown uh, a lot of emotion to me when I've seen him. Uh in and out the courtroom, uh, you never know what mental state he's in. But, uh, Daryl, if you're his attorneys, what is your defense? How do you defend Mr. Hernandez, uh, facing all of these allegations?
1: You know, seeing what all the evidence that they have against him, I guess he'd have to be blaming someone else, Sam. You know, I don't know. Maybe he can say he, he wanted, he wanted Lord Owen uh, dead, but he didn't pull the trigger. Uh, I, I just can't see what his defense is going to
2: be. Uh, now, let, let me ask you this: Do you put the NFL on on trial?
1: No, no. I don't see how you could put the NFL. You don't see out. how?
2: You, what about how all well, of the, what about the repeated head trauma?
1: Are we going to say because he had repeated head trauma because he had concussions that he didn't report that made him go out and take somebody's hey, life that hey, made him go out and take three people's life?
2: Hey, Daryl, when you have mental problems.
1: I'm listening, saying When you have mental problems, when, when you, you have mental, no, I'm saying things. like, like mental
2: people do crazy things, right? Yeah. So
1: the NFL may be on may, the NFL may be on trial because Aaron Hernandez is going to say he's had the NFL
2: is so facing many, the NFL is facing how many lawsuits from uh, from former players? I'm
1: thousands of
2: lawsuits from former players. Hey, Daryl, I'm not. I'm just saying, you have to do what's in the best interest of your client. So
1: they're gonna claim. I don't I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't know.
2: I don't know what they're claiming. But if everything's stacked against you, uh, would you rather have a mental problem, or would you just rather be a cold-blooded killer?
1: I think you might be onto something with this with this head trauma thing. You know, because his, his situation is kind of is dire. Man, he needs to come up with with some excuse for. Um, now look We're at all the these part. guys. That, look at all these
2: guys that go to the military. You know they kind of lose it, uh, post or the post-traumatic syndrome. They go That's off on like the deep that. end, right? You're not in the right frame state of mind. I, I'm just saying if I'm an attorney, you have to do what's in the best interest of your client. I'm not saying that concussions caused Mr. Hernandez to go out and uh, murder someone. I'm not saying that Mr. Hernandez murdered someone. But at the end of the day, as an attorney, you have to be willing to do what's in the best interest of your client. And
1: accusing the NFL of well, I'm, not, I'm not saying I accusing. I'm not saying accusing the NFL.
2: NFL. I'm just saying that it's very possible that Mr. Hernandez could have some mental issues going on. He can have some cognitive issues going on from the repeated head trauma. Post traumatic uh, stress syndrome is
1: what he could. could maybe that would be did,
2: did anyone think? Uh, you know. Uh, Junior Say rest in peace. That uh, Junior Sayah was capable of doing what he did. Uh Dave Durson was capable of doing what he did. Uh Mike Webster. I mean the list goes on and on and on. You know, Travis Henry had CTE. Uh, you know. Young exactly.
1: young guys. You could be onto something. I'm I'm not saying you're not. You know, uh, I just think it's a stretch when we look at at murder, though. You know, um, You know, I I can't, I hate the thought of someone taking their own life. That's horrible. But to think that you would take someone's life because you're dealing with some issues from a game that we love. Okay, Uh,
2: you're stressed, you're you're easily irritated, Uh, something just pissed you off, and now you're angry. Hey man, Anything is possible. I, I'm not trying to defend Mr. Hernandez, but I'm just thinking from a legal standpoint, uh, what are they going to do? How are they going to defend them? They're saying that all this um, evidence is circumstantial. It, it's it's a lot of circumstantial evidence, uh, and it's leaning in the um, the prosecutor's favor. But, I mean, how do you turn the tables?
1: Yeah, I'll do your turn to take this thing. You know, hey, man, we, we could talk about um, Aaron Hernandez for the rest of the night. You know, but the Cowboys, this, this young man, Brent, he's failed two drug tests. Uh, he's accused of murdering one of his teammates in, in a situation where both of them were intoxicated, in which I find very hard to understand how we're going to accuse this man of murder when his, pat- when his teammate was, in, was just as intoxicated as he was, if not more.
2: I, I'll tell you the one problem that I have with Brent is, uh, you know, you, you made a terrible decision. You and your teammate, you were both out drinking. You, you both had to be held accountable. They both could have easily lost their life. And in, in, in this case, Brent was the fortunate one. He survived. Brent survived. He made a terrible decision to get behind the wheel after drinking. He's on house arrest. He should not be drinking or smoking. Now he repeated he's repeatedly making the same mistake. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over? Come on, exactly. Um, come on, Mr. Brent. You you know you, you, you have to you have to stop self medicating. You have to face the music And you have to do what's right, man. So in this case, he should be jailed. He shouldn't be out on bun. He shouldn't be on house arrest. And now, what are the Cowboys going to do? He's still Mm -hmm. on the Cowboys' 90-man roster. And sources say the Cowboys have no intentions on cutting him. You
1: know, uh, well, in, in this young man's situation, I think he really is sick. I think he's really dealing with some real serious depression issues. You know, one of his best friends, Jerry Brown, got killed in an accident that he caused. I think he's dealing with some serious issues, man. And, and so the Cowboys would be doing him a real disservice right now to cut him and turn their backs on him. And you know, I really think they almost got to, and I know he's, he's failed two drug tests. I know he's, he's, he's not been a, 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 what we call a role model citizen since this accident. But we got to think about him. Taking a life of someone that he really, really cared about and someone that he knew. This was not a stranger. This was someone that was a big part of his life. This was so, like his brother.
2: This was his yeah, best
1: friend. Exactly. So I, I think he, he, he deserves a little leeway in this situation. But how much leeway do we continue to give him? How much rope do we continue to give him before we just say, hey, the noose is too tight and we got to let you go?
2: Hey, but uh, when you're thinking about it, okay, let's say he decides he's already made several bad decisions. What's stopping him from saying, F it, I'm going to go hop in the car and drive again while I'm high or drunk? You know, uh, it's a tough decision. And uh, maybe the Cowboys are supporting him because the mother of uh, Jerry Brown told him that they need to support him, that they need to forgive him because she forgave him. Uh, that was her son's best friend, so uh you know again, every situation is different but uh M- Mr. Brent really has to man up and start uh being responsible for his actions and uh i, I know it's tough uh i can I could only imagine what he's going through uh the guilt of uh feeling that you took your best friend's life uh but at the same time like i said it could have been both of them they both made a bad decision of getting in the car intoxicated and i i guess somebody had to drive uh they they decided not to call a cab so uh you know you know it's tough and uh sometime that guilt uh will keep causing you to do uh to make bad decisions. But uh in in Mr. Brent's case this is uh this is gonna lead to him going to jail in my opinion. And uh what about the NFL? You know, the NFL has to be watching and uh they haven't uh they haven't uh suspended him yet but you have a DUI manslaughter, you have two failed drug tests. Uh I mean even if uh even if he's uh Reinstated by the Cowboys, the NFL could can, can, can suspend him for a year.
1: Yeah, they could suspend him for a year. Hey, but, but when you look at him having a court date that's scheduled for September 23rd, he fails two drug tests coming up to his court date where he's facing 20 years in prison. Come on, man. I, I, you know, I, something in your mind has to tell you hey, don't smoke, don't drink read your Bible, go to church, go to Bible study you know, these are the things he need to be focusing on when you have, Come on when
2: you have repeated head trauma man anything <laughs> hey man you're not making right to the sound decisions there I'm telling you man. It might, he might have to have the same defense man he might need the, the, the same lawyers hey what do you think about former Green Bay Packer great Gary Knapple saying the NFL wants the retirees to die off and that the players association in the NFL they're not doing much for the guys who played before the uh, 70s uh, Mr. Knapple said he do realize that no one made him play the game but uh, there's not a lot being done to protect the guys that played before the 70s and made this such a great game?
1: You know, um, we've heard this story many times about, about guys that played in the 70s, how the NFL doesn't take care of them. and uh, They don't have the same privileges that guys that played in the 80s and 90s and so forth. Um, and what, what he's saying to me is that the NFL wants them to just die off so they don't have to be worried about them. or They don't have to pay them. or They don't have to continue to pay them. You know, we're, we're, we're probably going to be hearing the same stories in, in, the, in the 2020s, where the NFL is going to be saying the same thing about guys that played in the 80s and the 90s. You know, it's just... So I think we have to take a close look at what he's saying, because there's some truth to what he's saying, man. You know, you. I think the NFL does want these guys to just quietly go away.
2: And go away is just kicking the bucket and dying. Right. Uh, you know he's been told that they don't have enough records to justify helping them. Uh, that they, how do they know that those injuries happen with them playing football? So uh, it, it's just it, it's just a sad case, man. And uh and a lot of times the retirees don't have a voice. Uh, you know the NFL Players Association. It's supposed to be that voice, but uh, in in some cases, guys feel that they're not doing enough to protect uh, the retirees. Uh, so yeah, it, it's interesting. You're talking about a guy who played from 53 to 63, and then he worked for the Packers for 40 years uh, from uh, 64 to 2004 as the address announcer at uh, Lambeau Field. So uh, you're talking about a a die-hard Packer.
1: Yeah, and you would think that the NFL and Packers organizations would be willing to do more for these guys that really laid the foundation for the NFL. You know, and, and seeing as though they try and look up every guy that played and made the league what it is and help them. Because some of these guys, man, are in dire situations. And, uh, and we've seen them firsthand. And man, trust me, if you suffered an ACL injury in the 50s the 60s the 70s and into the 80s your career was over i mean your career was over and the scars and the and the pain that they must deal with from those horrible sur- surgeries back then is it, it, it's dramatic for me to even think about let alone look at and see how they deal with this kind of stuff man most of these guys are walking on crutches and you can only imagine what kind of pain they wake up to every day, Sam, because you and I didn't have those kind of surgeries in the 50s and 60s, and we wake up with pain every day.
2: Uh, that That is very true, Dale. Hey, but in other off the field news, uh, Cleveland Browns rookie linebacker, Osher Walcott, please not guilty to attempted murder. You know, he punched a gentleman in the face after, and, uh, altercation and uh the the victim Derek jones uh was in intensive care uh what do you think about this
1: you know sam um a friend of mine got in an argument with a man at a at a fishing hole once and punched the guy and he hit a, his head hit a rock and died and um and this guy my friend ended up doing 12 years in prison and I've told kids the same story many times as a school teacher. You know, they want to get in fights. And you hit someone and their head hit the ground, it's no longer a fight. You might be in a fight for your life for murder. You know, and here's a situation where a, man, a young man got into a fight, and it turned into someone trying to fight for their life because he's in a coma. Uh, it's, it's just a, it's a dire situation for this man. So it's, it's terrible. So now one punch leads to you
2: fighting for your life and possibly taking someone else's life and you have no intentions on doing that. Uh you can never be too careful, man. And and, and you're absolutely right. Uh but sometimes I mean sometimes you have to protect yourself and uh and you're not thinking when you throw that punch that this punch can be fatal.
1: Yep. It's called a one-punch homicide. Yeah. You know, it's a terrible thing, but these are the realities of the world that we live in. So you really have to be careful when you get in a fight with someone in, in, in the world we live in because you not only could be all proud that you beat somebody up, but no, none of you are feeling sorry because they're in a the hospital and you're looking at paying their doctor bills and possibly facing charges of murder, you know?
2: Yeah. Hey guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after the break.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports.
0: Voice America Sports.
3: on the Voice America Sports Network. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did.
1: They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better
0: today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit nflalumni.org.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports.
0: Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's H 346 9144 Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And
1: hey, welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey Sam, you know, current Philadelphia Eagles coach and former Oregon coach, Chip Kelly, you know, he, he caught a pass, man. You know, the University of Oregon has owned, caught a lot of sanctions uh, from the NCAA. Um, a lot of violations the NCAA found from them. But look like Chip Kelly has escaped again.
2: Uh, Chip Kelly definitely caught a pass, and uh, not from Michael Vick. He caught a pass from uh, the NCAA. But uh, hopefully the NFL is watching and taking notice. Uh, Chip Kelly... Uh, In my opinion, he should be suspended. Oregon gets three years probation. Uh, They did avoid major penalties. Uh, There's no bowl ban, uh, and they lose one scholarship a year. So they they really did avoid some serious, serious penalties. But uh, Chip Kelly gets a slap on the hand. He gets an 18-month show cost uh, from the uh, NCAA, uh, which is basically irrelevant uh, with the type of money that he signed with for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's not going to be out to work in uh, 18 months, So, which basically allows Chip Kelly, if he only survives two years in the NFL, he can go take a college job, and it's like nothing, uh, nothing really happened. Uh, and what really bothers me about this uh, whole uh, Chip Kelly uh, situation, uh, not that I have anything against Chip Kelly, But uh, I I just think back to Ohio State and Terrell Pryor, uh, when he took improper benefits, ended up entering a supplemental draft, the NFL still punished him. Uh, To me, it's sending the wrong message. If you're going to punish the NFL athletes for something they did at the collegiate level, uh, you should hold your coaches to even a higher standard. And uh, to me, it's definitely sending the wrong message if you're saying that, okay, Mr. Kelly, you can violate NCAA rules, you can go to the NFL, and there's going to be no penalty uh, if Terrell Pryor uh, served the four-game suspension. Uh, in my opinion, uh, Chip Kelly deserves at least a four-game suspension, if not more, uh, because Chip Kelly is the head coach. Uh, he was the head coach of a college, the uh, collegiate team. Terrell Pryor was just a player. You know, you don't you expect players and kids to make mistakes, but you don't expect the guys that are leading these young men to make those type of mistakes.
1: I would agree totally, Sam. I and when you look at the uh, the eighteen month show calls, the NCAA is really fooling us. You know what I mean? Because they're actually saying, "Okay, Chip, when it does, if it doesn't work out in the NFL, you can come right back over here and get a job. You can build our company up as high as you as high as you can again. Because you know, if it doesn't work out in the NFL for Chip Kelly with the with the Philadelphia Eagles." It's a lot of teams in college football that will be begging for him to come back and coach their, coach their team. I look at the, look at the NCAA and say, hey, a show calls of 18 months, that's nothing. Make it, make it five years. Make it seven years. If you want to show him uh, that they really are concerned about coaches not following the rules, because he didn't follow the rules by something as simple as hiring and recruiting service. Now, I'm not so sure of a violation, but if the
2: NCAA say it's a violation, it's a violation. It's a violation. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, now, a five-year show call, uh, maybe I can live with that. Uh, but, hey, 18 months, I, I don't think that that's right. Hey, but, Darryl, moving along, Thursday, this past Thursday was the 2013 NBA draft, and you're talking about a shocker. You know, everyone had uh Norlis, uh Noel from Nerland's Noel from the University of Kentucky penciled in at number 1 and some thought that maybe Alex Lynn from Maryland would possibly creep into the number 1 spot uh to the Cleveland Cavaliers but you're talking about just a, a wow selection uh when the commissioner came up and said with the first pick in the NFL draft the Cleveland Caval- Cavaliers select power for Anthony Bennett at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Uh, I, I think that shocked a lot of people. What were your thoughts on that pick?
1: You know, it, it really shocked me, but Sam, I, I, in the back of my mind throughout this whole NBA draft, I was saying, this kid, Noel, he, he looks soft. He just really didn't look like he was ready for a man's game. And the NBA is a man's game. Mm. And, and I guess when I look at the kid Anthony Bennett, you know, he's 6'7", 239, 240. He's, he's almost built for a man. You know, he, he is. Uh, he's ready for the NBA. When I look at Noah's well, I couldn't say that about him, man. He looked like he got pushed around in college. So I know he was going to get shoved around in the NBA.
2: And Bennett is also a freshman. You know, he's the first Canadian to go number one in the draft. Uh, and you're right, six seven, six eight. He's a combo forward. He can play the three or the four. He's about 239, 240 pounds. He reminds a lot of people of a uh, former UNLV uh, great Larry Johnson. And, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Bennett is a guy to me that's really going to, he's going to really surprise some people. But uh, I, I really feel that this takes a lot of pressure off New Orleans Noel because uh, the expectations of being the number one pick can sometimes be overwhelming. Uh, and now, it, to, in my opinion, that's going to be a, a great, Great. That's going to benefit uh Nerland's Noel. But uh, just congratulations to Anthony Bennett. You're talking about a young man that put up big numbers as a freshman at UNLV. Uh, was it a surprise pick? Yes. But uh, is he worthy of being the number one pick? Uh, to me, I would say yes again.
1: You know, and I'm very happy to see him uh, taken at, at that position. Um, you know, I was surprised, but I'm, I'm happy to see him go there because I think it would have been a, a disservice to the NBA – for Northern the World to go at that number one spot. But, hey, man, the, the guy that went second, Victor Olendupo, um, played at Indiana. A lot of people thought he'd go very high in this draft. He went second to the Orlando Magic, our home, one of our hometown um, team, teams in our state of Florida. Happy uh, to see him go there, man. And uh, I think this is going to be a, a, a big impact for Orlando.
2: Uh, I'll tell you what, Oladipo, man, he's a guy that got better each and every year at the University of uh, Indiana, a guy that wasn't highly recruited. Uh, out of high school, but you're talking about just a tremendous athlete, uh, a hard worker. So Orlando's going to get a guy that's going to never give up. He's going to challenge and push his teammates to get better. He's, uh, he's going to demand that they work hard, and uh, he's going to make guys work hard uh, from his uh, work ethic. A lot of people had Ben McLemore going at that number two slot. But uh I am not really surprised that uh Oladipo uh snuck into the number two slot. Uh, again, a big time athlete. He has a lot of Dwayne Wade uh, game in him, in my opinion. Uh he can impact the game on both ends of the court. He's a guy that's that's gonna play in your face defense, a very active athletic guard, uh, you know, a hard worker. Uh, enjoy watching him at Indiana and in the Big Ten. Uh Congratulations, Victor Oladipo uh, and Orlando Magics. Hopefully, he can get them back on track.
1: I, I really hope he can, man. I'm excited to see him come to Florida and, um, and do his thing, show his skills here in our great state. Hey, but the kid from Georgetown, uh, Otto Porter, came in third, man, the third pick
2: uh, to yes. the Wizards. Yeah, you're talking you know, about a guy who, who's not going to have to move, uh, playing at the University of Georgetown. He He's not far from. Uh, from the from the hometown team uh a guy who's just a a big time uh he's a big time player you know uh there was talks about his father keeping him off the AU uh circuit and uh he, he he did well for himself. He wasn't re- really highly recruited out of high school because he didn't play AAU basketball. But uh, his family had a plan for him. He had a a great two years at Georgetown. He's a guy that can he can defend multiple positions. Uh, he has a nice mid range game, and uh, I I think he's gonna fit in uh, well with uh, John Wall and uh, Bradley Bill and they're gonna form a night they're gonna have a nice one two three man for the uh, for the Washington Wizards.
1: I'm really looking forward to seeing play at uh, at Washington. You know, uh, John Wall is one of the most exciting players in the NBA, and with a little bit of help, he's going to take this team to heights we may not, you know, that we couldn't imagine, honestly. You know, but the guy Cody Zeller's man, Cody Zeller came in um, in the fourth player selected in the first first round out of Indiana. Now we have two players out of Indiana taking in the first five picks there.
2: Uh, hey, I tell you what, Cody Zeller—he was a guy that uh. That was everyone's preseason pick to be the number one player taken in the draft. And, uh, you know, uh, sometime when when you are expected to be the number one pick, sometime the media – they they can hurt you, man. In the aspect that they can uh, they can overmarket you, and sometimes people get tired of you. Uh, but uh, Cody Zeller is a big time player. This was a surprise pick, you know, with uh, with Noel on the clock. The Bobcats uh, under Michael Jordan, a team that are that are not that are not known to make uh, smart decisions in the draft. Uh, they had a chance to get the potential number one pick uh, on everyone's board, Noel, and they went with Cody Zeller, uh, who's had a big time combine, a good athlete. Uh, you know, again, uh, I'm I'm not sure about this pick. I do think Cody would be a solid pro, but uh, to me, Noel at the number four spot, Bob can't make a splash. Uh, it made a lot of sense to me.
1: You know, I guess to me, um, knowing that uh, that that the the the, the Suns have one of the Lopez brothers as a center, and they go out and take. Maryland, seven foot
2: one, Alex Lynn. That that was a big surprise to me. Yeah, they have the Lopez brother. That uh, they got the short end of the talent stick, though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, uh, again, Lynn is a guy that's a, that's a skilled big man. Uh, it, it's hard to find guys that are six, eleven, seven, seven feet. Uh, Lynn is a guy that uh, has a solid mid-range game. Uh, he was in the conversation to be the number one pick. Uh. To me, you can't you cannot have enough big men, a uh, solid pick. But the Suns, they they need a lot of pieces, so uh, they're definitely in rebuilding mode. And uh, again, you have two big men taken before the guy that everybody had penciled as being the number one pick. But with the number six pick, the New Orleans Pelicans select new orleans noel the university of kentucky who was traded to the philadelphia 76ers and uh I, I really like it uh with noel going to number six with the number six pick again like not being the number one pick i really think it takes a lot of pressure off of him there's rumors that some teams had uh medical concerns about him uh, he he's not uh thick built uh 206 pounds at 6'10", 6'11". But uh, you're talking about a tremendous defensive player, uh, a guy who gets steals, he's going to block shots. Uh, I, I really think that this was a great uh, acquisition by the Philadelphia 76ers to, uh, to be able to get Noel. I think I, think the, NBA, I think the NBA got it exactly
1: right, man. I think this guy, Noel, at seven feet, 206 pounds, could you could you imagine him going up against somebody like David West or or even um, Andrew Bynum? You know the Sixers the Sixers bench center who, who hasn't didn't play at all last year, who's one of the better centers in the league when he's healthy. Can you imagine this young man at two hundred and ten pounds? Let's give him three pounds. Give him two hundred and ten pounds. Let's give him four pounds, Sam. Going up against somebody like Andrew Bynum. Or, or 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 Tim Duncan. Man, this is it's it's, it's not going to be pretty. And I just don't see him being an impact this year at all in the NBA. Uh, I think he's going to make a little impact, but the one thing you got to look at, there's not a lot
2: of true centers in the game now. You look at the Chris Bosh, he's really a four man playing the five. It, it just really depends on most nights he's going to be matched up against guys that are fours that are uh, playing the five, So I, I don't really think it's going to be that much of a difference. Are they going to be nice that he's going to be uh, overpowered? Yes, but there's also going to be uh, huge advantages for him because of the way he can run the court and impact the game on the defensive end. Hey, uh, with the number seven pick Ben McLemore, Kansas, you're talking about a guy that went from ashy to nasty to classy overnight. Uh, just a tremendous talent. Uh, congratulations, Mr. McLemore.
1: You know, I, I guess I'm a little surprised at this pick from uh, Sacramento because, you know, they, 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 they have guards. It didn't seem like this was a position of need. But this is probably the, one of the most talented players in the draft, and his stock dropped a little bit because of some of the situations he got himself caught up in. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing him play in the NBA and play for play for Dome, man. you know, because he's been playing for fun for a long time. And I'm sure his game is going to go to a whole other level once he gets with the right um right nutritionist and right strength people. He concentrates on game on his game all the time. I think we're gonna see something very special from Ben McInmore.
2: Yes, 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 we will. Hey, guys, we're down to our last 15 seconds. I just want to congratulate Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway Jr. from the University of Michigan, and also want to uh, congratulate Larkin from the University of Miami. They were also first-round selections. You're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network.
1: We'll hey, man, don't week. forget Tim Tebow playing tight end now.
2: Tim Tebow. Hey, have a
1: good week. Peace.
2: Happy 4th of July. <laughs>